Today is the final Sunday of our winter series, The Art of Listening. Um, this is a, a series, if, if you haven't been with us or, or it's been a few weeks, where um, we're focusing on what listening looks like as a spiritual practice as we follow the gospel readings through Luke, uh, focusing on what listening looks like and what kind of listening Jesus is calling to us to as his disciples. Today we're picking up exactly where we left off last week, which if you recall is in Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. In Matthew, the Sermon is on a Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, uh, probably Jesus' most well-known uh, speech in, in the four Gospels. But in Luke, this similar speech occurs on a plain or on a level place with his listeners. And we get to pick up where we left off last week with some challenging teachings for, um, for those who would call themselves disciples of Jesus. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the sixth chapter of Luke's gospel, beginning with the 27th verse. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. Love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap, for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Friends, this is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Back when I was a camp counselor at Massanetta Springs, our, our uh, camp director at the time was a very optimistic person. And on a whim, she decided to buy one of those easy buttons from Staples to keep in our staff lounge. You know the ones at the register, when you press it, what does it say? That was easy. The button in the camp office was a pleasant reminder to us that not everything has to be complicated. It was a reminder that we were at camp to have fun and to not let ourselves get weighed down by things. Now, I say all that because unfortunately our lesson today, we're, we're continuing right where we left off last week, does not have an easy button. Sorry to say. You may have noticed that I decided not to wear my usual robe and stole today in worship. I feel a little odd, I have to admit. But I did this for a couple of reasons. 
One being that uh, it, it sort of felt in the spirit of Jesus' sermon on the plain, where he tries to speak simply, directly, on a level place uh, with the crowd without pomp and circumstance. So the robe, the stole, the vestments, all that seemed a little off-brand for the Sermon on the Plain. But the second reason, and probably the most important, is that not wearing a robe is a reminder to me today that I need to pay attention to these challenging teachings, like all of us, from our Lord. That I need to pay attention to what it looks like to live into God's reign here and now through these challenging teachings. This is certainly true every week, but today it felt especially true. So the reason being is that this stuff is hard. There is no easy button. It's challenging. It goes against the grain of the world and reality as we know it. Love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. Give to others without hesitation, without limit, without any expectation of return. It feels as feels daunting. Maybe it even feels impossible, so much so that it can be easy to either sugarcoat its meaning or more likely to just simply tune it out. And as people, we have an innate tendency to tune something out when it either doesn't suit our interest or it just seems overwhelming. In other words, we stop listening. When I was in middle school, I had a teacher uh, that had just sort of a sixth sense for knowing when I or any other student in the class just wasn't paying attention. I'm guessing most of us can name a teacher or two like that, and I'm guessing our teachers in the room know exactly what I'm talking about, because I'm sure it's one of the exam things that's uh, listed for teachers to be, to be approved and licensed. You have to be able to know when a kid's tuning you out and what to do about it and how to get back on track. As an adolescent, I was a fairly spacey-minded kid, often lost in my own thoughts and daydreams, particularly at this age. So needless to say, this, this teacher with this very particular gift would call me out very often. But he had this knack for catching me off guard but also finding ways to bring me back to the lesson and why it mattered. Jesus seems to be aware of this phenomenon by tuning out difficult things. He begins our lesson, I say to you that listen. Scholar Sarah Heinrich reminded me here that Jesus is using a very tricky verb tense in the Greek, something known as a present participle, and it's difficult to really capture fully in English, but I like the way she translates it. She says it might be better understood as if Jesus was saying, to those of you who are still listening, it's a wake-up call to everyone who's about to drown out Jesus' challenging teachings to stop, to pay attention, and to listen up. So I said these teachings are difficult. Jesus comes down to a level place and teaches his disciples to love their enemies, to turn the other cheek, to give to others, and of course the golden rule to do to others as you would have them do to you. These, these teachings have also proven dangerous and countercultural as well. They go against the grain of the world as we know it. This idea of loving people who don't love you back, of giving to those who cannot give back, 
flew smack dab in the face of what was known as the patronage system in ancient Rome. Patronage was really a form of currency. You gave stuff or loyalty to others in the expectation that it would be paid to you in the form of protection or a rise in status, among other things. It's the ancient version of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. In this time, it would have been unfathomable to give or to help someone who couldn't help you in return. And it's clear who would be left out of such a patronage system. The people who have nothing. The people on the sidelines of society. Those deemed unworthy by the powers that be. You know, all the people Jesus was talking to in our lesson today. And these are all the people Jesus called blessed in our lesson last week, if you recall. The system made it harder, if not impossible, for anyone else to extend even a sliver of grace, to extend mercy. So Jesus telling his followers to love people that not only won't return it, but to love people that hate you, that curse you, would be an unthinkable act in such a system. As I said before, Luke's picture of Jesus is one who seeks to turn the world as we know it, to turn the world upside down, to twist it inside out, to give us a glimpse of God's reign, the world as God knows it, the world as God hopes it can be. Now, there's another danger in this text, though, and this one is more in how it's been interpreted over the years. People in leadership in the church have read Jesus' words to turn the other cheek, loving the enemy as grounds for people in abusive relationships to stay there. And sadly, such readings still happen today. Let me say this as simply or as plainly or as levelly as possible. Jesus never condones abuse of any kind. He never tells people to stay in hurtful, abusive relationships. Rather, Jesus calls for accountability and justice for those who harm others and calls his disciples to do just the same right here. Like loving one's enemies, the act of turning the other cheek was really quite a subversive thing to do in this culture. In the ancient world, if someone was to strike you, they almost certainly would do so with their right hand. So turning the other cheek for them to strike you would force them to strike you with their left hand thus bringing shame on themselves. So Jesus telling his followers to turn and offer the other cheek forces them to shame themselves. This isn't passivity, it's nonviolent resistance. It's a different way of being in the world. I think the bigger message, though, within all these challenging teachings is what Jesus says in verse 36. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Here we can see clearly that Jesus is teaching us how to emulate God's mercy in our lives and in the world. By doing so, by being merciful just as God is merciful, we make God's reign just a little more present, just a little more visible here on earth. All these challenging, perhaps even impossible teachings really boil down to finding ways to extend mercy to one another. 
to our enemies, to our neighbors in need, and to do so without expectation that your act will be repaid or even appreciated. While this way of living seems so at odds with our world, there are so many examples out there of faithful folks loving their enemies and practicing this way of mercy Jesus commends. As we're celebrating Black History Month as a nation, there are so many examples within the civil rights movement of folks extending this kind of love to enemies. This week I heard another story about folks extending mercy in the way Jesus is calling. And interestingly, it's a story about children in a congregation responding to this call of Christ to show mercy to others. At First Presbyterian Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma, they were blessed with a bequest by a church member upon their death. They left the church in their will. As part of the allocation of this gift, the session decided to give part of this amount directly to each child in the church, amounting to about $150 a child. And the direction from the session was for the children to find ways to help kids around them in need and people around them in their community in need. They thought this would do some simple but, but necessary and helpful things like help their classroom buy new supplies or, um, or, or put on a new project within their, their um, school. But one of these children in the church learned about how people struggled with debt in their community, particularly with medical debt, a burden that so many folks in our community and, and nation bear with each day. This child though, decided she needed to do something about it. Together with her mother, they learned about an organization called RIP Medical Debt which allows people to donate to forgive the medical debt of others. They learned that on average, $1 forgives about $100 of medical debt. So the child was able to forgive some $15,000 of debt with the amount she had been given from her church. I'm not great at math, so feel free to check that. <laughs> but this child thought she could do something more. She wanted to forgive the debt of fellow Oklahomans, people in her, her uh, immediate community. So she and her mother worked with RIP Medical Debt to establish a new campaign with this child to help uh, Oklahomans in, in particular. And eventually, the children of their congregation banded together and it became a church-wide uh, project to buy up and forgive medical debt of people in their community. This is really one small but mighty example of people responding to Jesus' teaching to show mercy to one another. There are countless other examples of, of folks out there trying their best to extend mercy to each other. And it's an example and it's, it's a teaching, though challenging is one that we can strive to pursue ourselves. Last week I talked about the, the passage of Jesus giving the blessings and the woes, the watchouts, the warnings, was really about Jesus coming down to the level of the crowd. The lesson this week is about Jesus' call for us to be on the same level as one another, 
to level with one another, to look one another in the eyes, to see our neighbors, to hear them, to love them, to be merciful as our Father is merciful to us. Now, maybe we can't realistically give money to everyone we encounter who asks, as Jesus calls us to do, but can we find ways to show and extend mercy? Absolutely. On level ground, we can acknowledge the humanness in each other. We can acknowledge the humanness, especially in our enemies and those we disagree with. We can look a person asking for help in the eye, show them mercy in a way that tells them that they too are a beloved child of God. Like I said, friends, there is no easy button for this kind of teaching of Jesus, this kind of way of being and living in the world that turns it upside down and twists it inside out. But we can boil it down to a simple teaching to be merciful, just as our Father is merciful to us, to be on level ground with one another, to see, to love, to hear, to behold each other as fellow children of God. It's all that easy, but it's all that challenging. May we do so, may we seek to do so, with the help of God's Spirit alive and at work in each of us. Amen.